0: That grips the mess without fear of tearing. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1 888 freedom or visit consumercellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line, one five and 10 gig data plans with a limited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
2: Hi, this is Laura Vanderkamp. I'm a mother of five Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 245, which is airing in mid-April of 2022. Today, we're gonna be talking about how to plan your summer. This is a perennial topic for best of both worlds. We have talked about planning our summers before, but we have new listeners coming in all the time, and many of us are a wee bit rusty, perhaps, in planning summers. Although 2021, you know, we probably had to plan a lot of stuff for that summer. 2020, we may have planned the summer and then seen it all kind of go up in smoke. So, I mean, it's, it's important to think through what you would like to do with this season, I mean, partly because for many people, the normal routines of the school year change. And so you need to figure out how work and life and everything else can fit together given these changed circumstances. So Sarah, how is the summer planning process going for you?
3: Yeah, it's going pretty well. You know, as you were talking about that, I was reflecting back and thinking, huh, you know, I don't think I ever did sign my kids up for camp in 2020 because our camp forms don't get released until like mid-March. So even though i tend to plan many things ahead that was one thing as you'll talk about you ended up with a lot of like you know credit to use but i didn't have any camp credit so anyway i have not you know we did plan our summer last year but there are some people who kind of laid low waiting for vaccines and things so there's definitely some people i think who haven't done much of that in a while and summer planning does always tend to feel really early like you know, you do have to sign up for things before it feels like you should be having to think about it. And yet that's just kind of the way things work. And because I think childcare opportunities have become a little bit more scarce in certain locations, it's become all the more important that if you have certain camps or experiences that you want your kids to be able to participate during a summer, you kind of got to jump on it as soon as those sign-up forms come out.
2: Yeah. So your trigger is often the beginning of quintile two, to think about quintile three
3: yes i mean my trigger is usually when i get the thing from school saying that camp sign up is open i just kind of jump on it although this year we've had to plan really really far ahead because it turns out if you're interested in sleepaway camp those sign-ups actually happen like the fall almost the end of the summer um prior and i think a lot of people who plan to send their kids the next year do sign up by the end of the summer because they have certain like returning discounts and things like that So, to some extent, our planning has been really early. And to another extent, yes, I tend to think about it right around when spring break is coming around, which for me is like quintile two. That's like a reminder okay, any summer trips we want to take, we need to book those Airbnbs or VRBOs. Like, if I wait too much longer and the actual summer quintile is approaching, that's probably too late for a lot of things.
2: Yeah. And I think the childcare piece is one that a lot of people need to think through first. And so, you know, there's, Obviously, a million different camps out there. Um, some are more structured as childcare than others. Some are definitely more oriented toward, you know, just the activity itself, and and you know has some hours like nine to two or something, which is just unhelpful. And uh, you know, there there's just many things to to think about with with that. So this is where I I do a camp spreadsheet every year for anybody who is new to the program uh, or has not read my blog what it is is it has the weeks of summer down the left-hand side and the names of my camp-aged children across the top so this year I have four such children the little guy is not really doing any camps he'll be with our our nanny most of the summer but I start you know whenever the earliest child to be out of school is. And now we're all in the public school. So it's the same. But, you know, when we had kid in preschool or whatever, it would start slightly early. But I map out the weeks. I just put whatever the Monday to Friday week is. So for us, the first week fully out is June 20 to 24 this year. The next is June 27 to July 1, then July 4 to 8, and so on down the left-hand side. And then fill in what camps people are wanting to attend. And I tend to start working on this in January because that's when some of the camps start releasing their forms and their you know, catalogs for the summer. And we tend to do the same ones or you know, we add some new ones year to year, but people have their preferences. And so it's really the older kids trying to get them to think through, like, what would you actually like to do? Because if you give me enough advance warning, I can probably find something. So if you want to study C++, if you want to do a Pokemon camp, if you want to do a culinary camp, if you want to be in a theater production, if you want to study robotics, I can work with that. But I need advance notice. So I spend a fair
3: amount of time on it. What? (laughs) What kind of camp? Is there really a Pokemon camp? There is. I don't think my kids know that such thing exists or else they'd be really excited. But I don't think we have one that I know of.
2: Well, I had just seen a sign for like one of these commercial camps like when I was driving around. It turns out they have a bunch of different locations around here and they have, you know, a whole camp catalog. So I decided to try them out for two children each doing one week doing things with them. And if we like it, well, you know, then we're still here. We'll we'll use them more in the future. But uh, the reason to have this is sometimes you want to make sure you can leave some weeks open. For vacation, so identifying that and having it as the same week is obviously very helpful. If you see that one child is at a sleepaway camp, that sort of changes it because then you have more available driving during the week because you're not dropping that person off every day. You generally don't, or at least you probably shouldn't, want to have four children in different camps at different places that have the same drop-off and pickup times. That's you know just a little bit crazy might be difficult to pull off. But, uh, you know, so you could also sort of identify any logistical challenges. So there's this one week where I already know I'm traveling because I have to make good on some speeches I agreed to do in the summer of 2020 and they finally rescheduled them. So I'm, I'm out for some of that time. And one child will be at a camp downtown. One child will be at a camp nearby. And I wound up, deciding to put on the original buying thing the aftercare for the child downtown. So in theory, my husband could go to his office that week. He'd like drive him to camp, go to his office, pick him up between five and six. Whereas if I hadn't put the aftercare on there, that wouldn't work. And then paid for before care for the one who's local. So if we do wind up on a day with only one driver, our nanny can drop that kid off early and then drive
3: downtown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I agree. It can become really messy really quick with camps because they can be, in, you know, schools, sometimes they're like at least in the same direction or they're clustered together within a district camps can be in like widely different directions. And so we did that mistake. I think there was one week we had like three different camps in three different locations. And I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> so we've tried really hard. I think we do have two weeks with two locations this summer, not including the sleep away weeks and stuff. But otherwise, it's going to be all consolidated because there's not that many things that are worth, you know, trying to scatter everybody in multiple different directions. Yeah. And a lot of camps these days have like different subspecialty tracks at the same camp so that you can find, you know, a soccer camp and an art camp that's actually at the same day camp, at least in my area. That's like seems to be the trend.
2: No, if you can if you can come up with that, that is good. I mean, you know, it (laughs) I do feel like it does spend it does require a lot of time. My camp spreadsheet every summer, it's like a thing of beauty, which is why it was so frustrating when I created an amazing camp spreadsheet in like January of 2020. And then it was not amazing anymore.
3: Do you have little like checkoff boxes for like the forms that you've filled out or like? Uh,
2: I don't because I mean, once I've actually registered and I have the spot, I figure like they're going to remind me like they're, they're not going to not...
1: That it, is true. You know, I'll
2: get an email being like your medical forms are due in you know May or whatever it is, and and so I, I probably don't need to put as much of that on the list. That's true. That's part of my brain that just likes putting things on list to check them off. Sometimes, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like doing that, <laughs> but uh, I, sort of eventually there has to be a a limit. <laughs> so what uh, you know? Well, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about summer travel. Well, we are back talking about planning our summers. Uh, So Sarah, do you guys have some travel planned for the summer?
3: We do and we don't. I have not booked a single thing yet. So I guess I'm breaking my own rules, but I'm getting very close. And actually to be fair to myself, we have not hit Q2 in my house. My kids' spring break is very, very late this year. So as we are recording this, it is still comfortably Q1. So there we go. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to decide what to do you know, the weather makes Florida trips not the best in the summer, but at the same time, it's so nice to have at least one trip where you can just drive and it's easy. And our family, um, you know, we had an infamous trip that I talked about like a million times in this podcast that went terribly to Amelia Island. But then last year we had a great trip to Amelia Island where we rented a VRBO, And honestly, I could see myself trying to get that same condo because it was, it was excellent. And I do think there's something special and lovely about family trips that are repetitive because they just, I don't know, they like create deep grooves in your memory or something. I don't know if you have any like that in your childhood, but my family used to drive up to either Vermont or New Hampshire. To me, they kind of, I mean, no offense to Vermonters or New hampshires but to my Pennsylvanian self, they seemed very similar. And my grandparents would typically have a condo there for the summer because they were snowbirds who lived in like outside of Fort Lauderdale, actually not far from where I live during the winter. And then they would like be up north during the summer. And we would drive from our outside of Philadelphia home. uh, It was like 8, 10 hours. Like it was a far drive up into the mountains. And we did like the exact same trip. Like probably at least 10 times I can remember the stuff we brought in the car and like the fact that we almost always brought the same exact breakfast because my parents were too frugal and too healthy to allow us to eat at like the Wendy's on the way. (laughs) So, but my sister and I, we still love to talk about those trips. And I actually would love to take my family on a version of that trip someday because... It created some really nice memories. And I think part of the reason for that was the repetition and like doing the same thing over and over again until it became special and like a reminiscent type of a thing. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that's going to be for our family. Again, we've done Amelia Island twice. Maybe that will be kind of our our place, but I'm trying to figure that out.
2: Yeah, I, I have some memories of um a road trip when I lived in North Carolina for the first 12 years of my life and um my Parents' extended family was mostly up in Michigan. And so we would make a road trip from North Carolina to Michigan. It was like a two day road trip. We'd stop somewhere in the middle and then head up and stay with relatives there in Michigan. So I have various memories of seeing their houses. We always spend some of the time with my dad's side of the family and some with my mom's side of the family and then drive on back. But it was, um, yeah, that that was about, about what we had there. Well, we've been going to Ocean Grove, New Jersey for a week every summer. The summer of 2020, when all the camps were canceled, we actually wound up there for three weeks, which is probably, I mean, it was fine for 2020. It's probably more time than we would, like occasionally get the thought of like, oh, we should, you know, spend the summer at the beach. It's a sort of a thing around here where some people like they, I don't know, they get the beach house and then they go spend the summer there. But it's like, the only way that really works is if either your childcare comes with you and at least one of you can only work from home, or otherwise it winds up being like, you just take on all the kids for the summer yourself as mom. And that just doesn't, I don't know. Not always
3: the most fun, especially with no camps or no. you know any
2: diversions. No, I just don't think it sounds that great. Maybe if my kids were slightly older, I, but they're not that big into the beach. I mean, they like the beach, but they like it for a week, which is what we go for. So we've actually rent, we're renting the same house this summer that we've rented a couple of times. This will be the fourth time that we have rented it I think or maybe even the 5th time we've rented it I'm trying to remember and we always you know like it it's good it's on the beach we can uh, go out and get there very quickly there's enough room for all of us but yeah we we sort of basically have to book it when we're done with the week the year before and i think they're pretty much booked up for the summer now in terms of repeat customers wow but so there's one- a lot of places like that yeah i mean we've been thinking about this so cuz I planned spring break for me and the people who are going on this trip. My husband had planned Christmas because he took the kids skiing. He is in charge. You know, I planned Ocean Grove. He is in charge of a trip we will be taking earlier in the summer. And we have been trying to figure out what that is. It has not been planned yet. He went looking through various things, you know, like could we stay at a ranch somewhere out west? And so he went through the list of like, I mean, he's done a lot of work on this, but the problem is it's work when it's done in like March is harder than work when it's done in, I don't know, September or October, because harder. all the ranches are like booked up. They can't take seven people if it's a small ranch. So they're booked up for the whole summer. They're like, you should consider 2023. And I'm like, well, you could just do that. Like, <laughs> let's just take a week for 2023 and we can work around it. I'll put it on my camp spreadsheet. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what we wind up doing. I'm sure there is something you can do reasonably last minute. We will figure it out. But I'm sure it will be great.
3: (laughs) It will be great. And either way, it'll be, it'll be a, you should just make it a surprise where he doesn't tell you where it is until like the day before.
2: Well, I have certain requirements. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't think these are ridiculous requirements, but if we're all going, I want a direct flight. And I like to know where I'm sleeping. <laughs> you like, I, well, you well, want to know? Well, not even the. Na- I want to know that there's a
3: booking. Like, okay, yes, okay, but he could surprise you though. You go, oh, he he could surprise
2: th- me. That's fine. I would be totally fine with being surprised. But I do want to know that we're not going to get there and be like, oh, okay, let's see where we should stay. Like, I no, no. I I want to know. Nobody would do that with five children. Oh, oh you you <laughs> do <don't think> so. <laughs>
3: Well, listeners, if you have ever taken a trip with more than four children without securing lodging, we would like to hear about it. (laughs) I'm sure there's some. It's like, uh,
2: you know, what what is it? I'm a J. Some people are more a P on the uh, Myers-Briggs. They might find that exciting. I would find that probably terrifying. But uh yeah, so lots of lots of travel ideas. I mean, we'd sure love to hear what you know people do. If they do the same thing every summer, if you have a place you always go and, and sort of the memories, feel free to write in about that. Gaps in childcare. Ah, this is always something that because many people realize, like, you know, whatever they have going on during this their year, it's it's not gonna work for the summer.
3: So I mean, you you just have the same. For us, it's not a big deal, correct? But yeah, I have so many friends for which this is like a huge headache every single year. And it's kind of frustrating that most camps leave like a little gap between the end of school and the beginning of camp. So unless you are sure that that is when you are going to take your vacation, and I guess strategically, that's probably what a lot of people do is they'll try to travel during those little windows. There can be some like kind of dead zones where there's not that much available.
2: Yeah. So figuring out that gap between school and camp, figuring out the extra hours. So again, you know, a lot of places do before care and after care, and that's great. And I would suggest, you know, some camp car lines are kind of ridiculous. Because again, remember, you know, during the school year, half the people are taking the bus, right? And and you don't have that necessarily with a lot of camps. I mean, some do, but, but many do not, in which case, you know, somebody's got to go and pick them up. And so... Again, if you or you know you and your partner are trading that off, that's something to think about. It might even be worth springing for before care, just because there will be fewer people there, so the car line will probably be faster. Like even if you don't technically need that hour between eight and nine, it might be worth it. Just yeah, for that.
3: that's true, and it gives you more flexibility too. You could use it some days, not use it other days. Use half of it um, as long as they have a policy where you can drop off. You know any time along those, which I think a lot of them do. That could be a nice strategy because you could you can actually do that thought experiment with yourself. How much would I pay to avoid this car to line? avoid this car line? Yeah,
2: of course you can always hire somebody to help you avoid the car line. That uh, you know, having a summer sitter who is at least part time might help a lot with making the summer run more smoothly from a childcare perspective. So even if your children are school aged, but they are not old enough to care for themselves home alone or, you know, can't drive themselves. Obviously, that's another thing entirely. You know, you could even have a situation where they go nine to three to camp, but two days a week, you've got somebody picking them up at three and taking them to seven. And so you have two days where you can work nine to seven, and then the other days you work nine to three. And so you're still getting the equivalent of, of 40 hours in that time. You know, if you have some flexibility in your schedule, that can be helpful to think about.
3: And it is cool when some companies actually do encourage, I don't know how many still do this, but like encouraging different hours during the summer or some offices will close early on Fridays during the summer. I'm pretty sure my dad always worked like a shorter Friday all summer long for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny to think about that they did summer Fridays, which is like a half day. And so people had the whole thing of doing the commute for four hours, which is sort of Ridiculous. I mean, especially since this persisted into the past 10 years where basically every bit of communication technology we have now was in existence. Like Zoom's been around for a bit.
3: Yeah. Work from home Fridays would probably work from home Fridays
2: would have been much,
3: much better.
2: But, you know, until 2020, people didn't have their heads around that idea. So
3: let's see. Fun.
0: Yeah, we could have some fun in the summer. Yes.
3: What else have we not talked about? We talked about our kids. We talked about our family adventures. Don't forget yourselves. So, in my opinion, no one is too old to want to have some seasonal fun, which is why Laura's lists are always such a hit. And I personally don't always get excited about seasonal fun lists, but summer is one that I. Instinctively, just feel like I can get around in part because it just feels like such an like such a different part of the year. such different rhythms, I don't know. So usually I do have some projects or things that I'm interested in participating in during the summer. like a summer reading list of really fluffy reads I always love. Anne Bogle comes out with her summer reading guide and I've almost never been steered wrong by just picking a bunch of her choices and bringing them to various places and reading them. You could do like a screening of classic movies set in summer places or at camp because there's a whole number of those. You could make a list of fun day trips that you want to take. One of my favorite concepts that's hopefully getting, going viral on Instagram is um Kelsey of Girls Next Door podcast came up with hashtag cold treat Wednesdays. Where she would take herself and her kids. She was nice. She included her children out to various locations in Arizona, where it's extremely hot, and they need they need some little bits of joy during the summer. And they would get like a different cold treat every Wednesday. And I just kind of love that concept. I'm sure my kids would as well.
2: I think it might be cold treat Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. <laughs> I'm not sure. I need a. I think of it once summer? a week, <laughs> like hashtag. I'm very curious. They, they don't have ice cream at other times.
3: I think they do, but these cold treat Wednesdays were outings. Oh, so they weren't okay. just like pulling, you know, a carton out of the freezer. They were like trying the new, like, okay, gotcha. you know, Japanese soft ice cream place with like cool toppings. And like, she came up with a whole, I think they went to like a new place every time. Cause there's a lot of, I think probably in South Florida, as well as Arizona, a lot of different venues for different kinds of cold treats. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I don't think they were limited to just Wednesdays, but that was for their outings. And I thought that was such a fun idea. And then one other idea would be like to do some kind of like neighborhood barbecue series where you like take turns hosting since you guys know I'm obsessed with my once we move starting my book club. I know it's so silly that I'm like hinging it on my one mile move because I'm pretty sure. I could start it now. But anyway, yes, maybe I'll will figure out like a summer barbecue rotation of some kind.
2: Ooh, that sounds fun. Yes, you're gonna be social Sarah once you're in your new location. It's gonna be <laughs> Oh yes. The I new love place. that you're gonna be um, entirely, entirely We're gonna be different. one mile east and it's gonna be new new life. <laughs> new life. All new. Well, you know, some things do change, but uh Yes, sadly, we are often the exact same people, no matter where you put us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I make my summer fun list every summer. I've been doing this for oh, probably six, seven years at least now. I mean, I've—I don't think I've done it since the beginning of my blog, but I, I have done it for a long time. And I tend to do it in May, more or less. And you know, the big pieces are there. Like my vacations tend to be mapped out by that point, but within that. These are things for like day trips or special things I like to do, the big adventure, little adventure rubric, I think, for each week. So strawberry picking tends to wind up on there. Peach and blueberry picking, uh, now that I have an orchard I like for that. Making a day trip to go hiking or biking, perhaps. Um, this week, I already have concert tickets for something in August. I'm going to see Mary Chapin Carpenter um, play outside. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's Awesome. I got those tickets right when it opened. I bought four of them actually. So we'll see which of my children will be coming along or I don't know, maybe somebody else who knows,
3: (laughs) but yeah, it just,
2: it just gets me thinking about what would make summer feel like summer to me. And at this point, there are certain things I've done every year, like going to Hershey park at some point with the kids that, you know, it just winds up feeling like summer, you know, I, I, I think it will be uh, a good one, but I have to think through what those things are. And when I do, then it tends to go much better. But yeah, everyone should have some fun stuff going on in in the summer. And one thing I also like to do, I know we've both done the the mommy day type thing, which you can sort of look at the times when maybe if you do have some sort of other child care, there can be times when one child is not in camp. Right. And each kid can have maybe a week that's a little lighter or if they have a half day camp instead of a full day camp. And then if you do plan your work out and you have some flexibility in your job, you might be able to take one of those days off or a half day off and do something special with the kid who has a lighter week. Now, again, if you need to put your kids in eight to five camp during the summer, you know, because that's your childcare, then it's not as easy to do that. But then you could pull a kid out for a day, right? They could pull a kid out on a Friday and go do something special together. And if you sort of did that with each of your kids in turn, um, that would be a great way to spend some
3: one-on-one time. Genevieve is extremely excited about her four weeks of one-on-one time. Yeah, that's true. Out.
2: Now that you are shipping the older two off, that's, you know, that is such a milestone. My,
3: my kids haven't had a whole lot of interest in that. It's interesting. It is such a South Florida thing. It definitely skews Jewish. Yeah. like there are. It's very common in that culture for whatever reason. I never went to sleepaway camp, but down here, it's almost weird if you don't <laughs> at least try it for your kids. At least among certain communities. So we're giving it a try because my niece and nephew have gone for many years, and so they're going to the same camp. And Genevieve's actually very excited and. I think it'll be really fun to have some one-on-one time with her that's more geared around her interests and her friends and things like that.
2: No, I think that's really cool. I mean, I think it'll be an amazing experience for your older kids and for her as well. And I don't know, I wish more of my kids were interested in that. I always loved going to camp. I mean, you know, I liked doing the outdoor camp. I loved nerd camp
3: when I went to that for three years. I'm curious, did you have any summer jobs? Well, I worked as a camp counselor for many, many years at the same. I went to the Episcopal Academy day camp from age seven or so on, eight maybe. And after I aged out of being a camper there, I was a counselor there and I loved it, loved it, loved it. I always had the five-year-olds. It was so much fun for me. It was a little bit formative. We had one camper with like cystic fibrosis and I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And actually one of my co-counselors had type one diabetes back then. She had like glass syringes that she was using and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it's why I am where, where I am today. today. Yeah, but like, um, I loved that job. It yeah. was it was it paid nothing, basically. But it was it was so much fun. Well
2: it was more of a summer experience, I guess, because you're you know It was hard work it though. Was hard work. I mean
3: you're hurting five year olds for like That's eight true. hours a day. It's you were like sweaty and but it was also like you were friends with your fellow co counselors, and it was the '90s, so everything was cool. I'm not just <laughs> everything was cool in the '90s.
2: <laughs> That's uh, okay. I remember
3: I wasn't allowed to go to Lollapalooza, oh, whereas yeah. some of my like co counselors
2: were Ooh. all going.
3: My parents were like, "Uh, yeah, no." <laughs> well,
2: that sounds sounds. What fun. was your summer job? Oh boy, I had some some pretty classic ones. At one summer, I worked at Fazoli's Italian restaurant. If any of our listeners are in the Midwest, I think is where that chain is. It's an Italian restaurant, Italian fast food. That was an experience. I came home smelling like garlic butter every night from the free breadsticks you get with every order. I was dealing with a lot of breadsticks in the course of my time at Fizzoli's Italian restaurant. Another summer, I worked at Osco Drugstore, which is another one of the you know chains similar to CVS or Rite Aid which I don't know, again, if it, if it's in the Midwest more than others, but where there was an Osco at the mall. And so I worked there and also quite an experience retail, ringing
3: people's stuff up and, you know, no, I did that too. It just wasn't a summer job. That was my video store job. Your video store job. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was interesting. Well, you know,
2: takes all kinds of things to <laughs> And then you know college at least I did internships uh, you know working at newspapers and magazines and things like that. So it was good to go from fazolis to the internships. I I appreciated the internships a lot more as long as they were paid. That's good. No unpaid internships. Not a fan of those. Well, anyway, let's let's get to the question part. So I will read this cuz Sarah was somewhat flabbergasted at this <laughs> at this question. <laughs> This is an introvert. This question. is an introvert, extrovert. We talk about the the J versus P. This, this is a total I versus E question here. So this listener is a mom of two children who are ages four and eight months. So very much in the weeds with the little ones. She is a director of development at a nonprofit. So she is doing a lot of fundraising and does this as a volunteer type thing for some other places too. So the nature of her job means she has to take on a lot of forward-facing relationships and responsibilities like presentations, donor meetings, events. And in her free time, she says, I am a total homebody with my husband and my kids. She says she's thrived during the pandemic staying connected with friends and acquaintances because you know when something reminds her of a person, she will text them, she DMs them, she calls them during her commute to catch up. The issue, She has noticed that her friends always say at the end of these conversations, let's get together. We should do lunch. We should meet for happy hour. And she says, to be honest, I have enjoyed having the scapegoat of safety during the pandemic. But as COVID trends down, this will limit how long she can use this excuse. She says, why can't I check in, have a conversation, and wrap it up without the pressure of needing to make plans? I Love my friends, she says, but I just want to go home, be a family, and sleep. If she loves her friends but doesn't
3: want to see them, is that terrible? I have at least one friend who can probably identify with this, but I have a harder time. And I still have a very human facing job most of the time. So you can't say I'm not interacting with people all day because I pretty much am. I will say, I wonder if this could be like, you know, just a little bit of like overwhelmed during this very busy period of your life. Like when you have an eight month old and you're still breastfeeding and like leaving them behind can be like a calculation of like, when do I feed them, blah, blah, blah. Like it can be really tiring. And maybe you're just really tired right now. So I give you grace if this is just like the period of where you are. And the other thing I will say is that just because people say we should get together, doesn't mean they have the capabilities to actually like move forward on doing that. I mean, I get frustrated because I feel like I tend to be the one making a lot of plans because most people are not like ready to get out their calendar and send an invite or whatever. So I don't think you have to be as fearful as you sound like you are that people who say that actually mean it and are gonna hold you to it. <laughs> so I guess I I'll just say like, be thankful that most people tend to be a little flakier and might just be saying that to like, you know, make you realize that they would be open to getting together with you if, you know, that happened to happen. But I also was like, I was kind of like, but I can't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, cause I was so eager to see people socially after the pandemic that it is hard for me to entirely wrap my mind around it. <laughs> this idea of having friends and not wanting to see them.
2: No, it's, uh, I mean, I, yeah, she could totally be like, yeah, yeah, let's get together. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> like if you don't take the step to to do it, like the odds that it happens are, are relatively low. But I sort of more get this because if you are like a hardcore introvert and your job absolutely requires you to be on, like it is hard. Like it is taking a ton of energy. And I tend not to be in many of those situations, but certainly after, you know, I've been to conferences and done like a lot of speaking and interacting with people, I'd be like this. I once did this bizarre thing where I agreed to like be pitched by like 30 companies on their products or whatever as part of when I was doing more like business journalism. And having groups of two to three people come up to me every two minutes, like for an hour. At the end of it, I was just like at a, in a puddle on the floor. Whereas if you think of someone like the classic extra version, someone like Bill Clinton thinks that's the most exciting thing ever, right? Like that's just like, woohoo, more people. I get to meet another two, three people. This is great. Whereas I was just like, no, I want to slink out of here and go hide in the bathroom. And it's not that I'm shy. Like I'm not shy at all. It's just like, you react differently to the in-person interaction. But that said, I would suggest that our listener possibly view some in-person friendly interaction as a bit like exercise. Like whether you like it or not, it's important to do at least a little bit in order to get the benefits to your life that come from it. So, you know, could you do something once or twice a month? Right? Like, we're not talking every week having three things on the calendar. Like, wouldn't that be great if we all were doing that? But no, no, just like once or twice a month, could you do something? I mean, it could even be doing something you're already doing. Like, do you run? Like, why don't you run with a friend? Right? Like, and that could be a way to maintain a relationship, but not have it take any more time away from home than you were already spending, presumably, away from home. So one to two times a month. So it's not always a thing. And you might also try to schedule some of these when you are kind of already in world-facing mood. So I get that once you come home, you don't want to go back out again. But like you could meet a friend for lunch because you're still in that universe. And like maybe you're supposed to be meeting donors for lunch most of the time, but like maybe once a month. Again, you can meet a friend for lunch and that could fit in with there or leaving work at four o'clock to go do a drink. And, you know, you're still in sort of forward-facing mode or the drink between the office and the event you have to go to as part of your your fundraising. I would also just note that, like, you know, relationships are good and and some people really need that in-person time. And some of your friends may have that need. And if they have that need, you want to help them with that, right? Like, it, it's, it's not all about you. Like, you may not have that in-person need, but some of your friends may have that. And part of just being a generous good friend is is helping other people meet their needs as as well. So I, I would encourage you to sort of think about that a little bit. And hey, maybe some of your friends know people who are going to like donate to your, you know, nonprofit that you're doing development for. So it's just, you know, it's all part of meeting more people, bring them into the fold. All right, Sarah, love of the week. What do you what do you have for this week?
3: I have a two-fold, a two-pronged. Okay. My love of the week is for my childhood vacations, Polly's Pancake Parlor in New Hampshire, because I have such strong memories of it. we went every single year, and I am trying to figure out how I can get my family to go stay somewhere near that. So if you have ever been there, you will know what I'm talking about. It's awesome.
2: Good pancakes. Second
3: of all, <laughs> my kids were begging for like some kind of pancake option for breakfast. And so I bought a giant thing of Kodiak pancake mix at Costco. At Annabelle's suggestion, which she had totally learned about from some YouTube ad, which is kind of funny. But anyway, it was extremely easy, and they were very happy today. So I'll give that my love of the week. Excellent.
2: Well, my love of the week is that I am still using my camp credits from 2020. <laughs> so, in one pa- one camp in particular, we wound up getting a 20% bonus by not asking for a refund. So basically, if we agreed to lend the camp the money for the year, they would pay you. interest and I was a little annoyed at the time because I felt like they could have run the camp they could have opened it was you know anyway that's a long story but I have now been riding that wave for two summers now because that like 2020 I was sending a lot of kids to that camp for a couple weeks and fewer kids have been interested like some of them have aged out of it now Um, but you know so I did a couple weeks in 2021 totally comped A couple weeks in 2022 totally comped Um, I think I'm out of it now (laughs) but (laughs) But yeah, I rode that train for a while. All right, well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking about planning your summer, reminiscing about some fun summer stuff as well. Uh, We would love to hear your summer memories. You can always email us, post on our blogs, uh, come join us on our Patreon community. We love that as well. We will be back next
3: week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram.
2: And you can find me, Laura, at lauravanderkam.com. This has been the best of both worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together.